there. Welcome to Rested Mamas Talk. We're Chelsea and Mika, your certified pediatric sleep coaches who were once exhausted mamas just like you turned into rested mamas who now have helped hundreds of families get better sleep in three days with an alternative to traditional sleep training. As creators of the Association Fading Sleep Method, we teach a responsive and holistic approach. Our podcast is dedicated to sharing the journey from true parental exhaustion to thriving parenthood. From real sleep tips, from us and other experts to real stories of families just like you. Let's get rested. Hey, hey, Chelsea here and Mika. Welcome to another episode of Rest of Mama's Talk. Hey, Mika, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. I am super excited because we are going to dive into something that I think we all feel, but um, we don't always really talk about. You know, we've had episodes on mom guilt, Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the big topic of today is losing your identity. Uh, in pre-motherhood, right? We were all someone. I mean, honestly, we were all someone before we got married. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was, a loss. That was a, I shouldn't say a loss, but that we're was still someone now. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. That was a transformation. <laughs> and there's a big transformation that happens after you become a mother. And sometimes that can feel like a loss. And mm-hmm. so um, today we just thought we would um, have this conversation with an awesome partner, friend, collaborator with us. Beth, so we are special guest today. <laughs> yeah, woman. Um, so Beth here, she is an entrepreneur. She's she's a mom. She's a business owner. We're excited to have her as part of this conversation about the journey of finding yourself again and what does that mean through motherhood. So her special superpower is that she has developed a passion for helping women on their health and fitness journey, but not in the ways that are typical that you might see, right? I know post, uh, post my second child and post my first, I was really anxious about getting back into shape, but it was so much more than that. Um, I'm already an active person, but there was something in my mind that was stopping me from transformation. So she's kind of a guru of all sorts, not just overall health and wellness, but mindset, simple routine. Um, So yeah, there is actually an expert out there and the creator of what we call the confidence code. So um, I'm here to welcome Beth. Be- please feel free to share a little bit about this. Who are you? What are, what are some Beth, awesome by things? the way, I just have to say, I like am obsessed with the name confidence code. I think that it just exudes everything that you're about. And anyway, so I just wanted to say, love, love the name, <laughs> but tell us about yourself. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so excited to be here. You know, I, I came to the name, the confidence code, because I feel like the confidence piece is kind of what, especially as moms, we're like searching for, but we're not really sure how to get there. But when we talk about like mindset, strategy and routines, that's kind of like the eye roll piece, right? So it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rope you in with the confidence piece and then I'm going <laughs> to how to get there. So I love that. But thank you so much for the introduction. Just a little bit about me. I have been married to my husband, Brett, for nine years, which just blows my mind. I still, when people ask me how old I am, 24 is like the number. I'm definitely not 24. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, your sweet spot. <laughs> I know, yeah. Is like, I guess 
I guess, you know what they say, it just matters how you feel. And so that's kind of just like the age that comes out, you know? And so whenever I say I've been married for nine years, I'm like, whoo, okay, you're definitely not 24 anymore. We have two kiddos, a three and a half year old girl named Tilly and a nine month old who you can hear in the background. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. keep on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I actually have a bachelor's degree, master's degree, and three quarters of a PhD specifically in higher education administration. That's kind of oh, yeah. you know, the course that I was on pre-coaching journey that I've Your been on. Pre-identity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> sure. That is my pre-identity. Completely wrapped up in it to say the least. But I also worked in higher education as an instructor, specifically for freshman programming. I had a sweet spot for, I grew up, believe it or not, on a farm raising livestock stock and I was a first generation college student and so I had the sweet spot for working specifically with incoming freshmen from rural communities just to help like give them some guidance you know that I kind of felt like I didn't have coming into higher ed and so um, I also worked as an academic counselor with psychology and math students um, which is interesting to me because I don't I didn't have a background in psychology but now a lot of the mindset work that I do is kind of you know from like through a psychological lens so it's really interesting kind of how some of those things you know come full circle but I put the corporate world to pursue um, expanding, you know, my coaching business online. And it has just grown from, you know, me kind of on this journey of just self-discovery. You know, I started a health and fitness journey for a very specific reason that I think most women do, or a lot of women do, just kind of generalizing here to lose weight. I had 12 pounds at the end of this year, going into a new year that I was like, okay, I'm about to lose this weight. This was pre-babies as well. And what I found through that journey of trying to not only lose those 12 pounds, but consistently stay the course of this health and fitness journey was that it was really nothing about the weight to be, you know, to yeah. be with and that it was everything to do with gosh, so many areas of my life being impacted. Um, but specifically from a mindset perspective, I'm like, okay, you know, why is this important to me? why is it not really important to me? Why do I think it's important to me? And it just kind of helped me like, just look at my life and and this life journey through a whole new lens. And so what started, I oftentimes say like what started out as a health and fitness journey for me really just kind of transformed into just this personal growth journey. I've navigated, you know, obviously having two babies, two pregnancies, two postpartum journeys. And I have just developed this insane passion for helping moms navigate whatever season of motherhood and of life you know that they're in and so never thought that this is the work that I would be doing you know at one point in my life I didn't even know if I wanted kids believe it or not and now it's like I just couldn't imagine myself doing anything differently yeah and I think that that um we talk a lot about this because I do even privately about how there really are so many different seasons to motherhood and a lot of times you almost gravitate to those people that are in your same season. <laughs> and I kind of have to laugh too, because you guys, all three of us are so, so we have both have two kids. We both have a boy and a girl. We both have been, all three of us have been married about nine years. So it is really interesting. I think that this have this has happened to me, I guess, several times in, in my kind of my journey through motherhood, where you really do just like gravitate towards the people in your season. And I think that it is actually really empowering and it really does help your mindset and it does help just how you are, you know, you have that support around you as a mother, but 
you know, kind of thinking about all of this with our identity and as we're moving through those seasons of motherhood and pre-motherhood, post-motherhood, you know, you know, all of it, you know, who you guys, would you say you were like looking back and just being reflective on it? Who would you say like, you What were, is that journey, right? Yeah, yeah. Before kids, like, what would you say was your What are identity? we losing? What did, yeah. we, what did we lose? Yeah. I mean, I know we all have a story. I'm, I'm excited. So tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the interesting thing about this for me is that I think, you know, when I think about when somebody asked me like, okay, what, who, who was Beth pre babies? There's so much of her that is still Beth post babies. I just had to yeah. figure out how to kind of find her in a new way. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. for example, for those of you that are familiar with the Enneagram thing, mm-hmm. if you're not highly recommend it, yeah. will <laughs> It will show you, tell you lots about yourself that maybe you, you do want to know or you don't, I don't know, <laughs> but I am a hard Enneagram three, which is like the achiever, really driven, really motivated. That is the Beth that I was pre-babies. It is still the Beth that I am now, but you know, pre-babies, I really struggled with perfectionism, kind of that all or nothing mentality. I had, you know, essentially kind of crafted this perfect plan for my life. I am absolutely no shame at this point, a complete control freak over like kind of this fast track to, you know, what I considered was success at the time in terms of, you know, going to school, getting the degree, getting the job that perfectly aligned with the degree and checking the boxes and doing the things. And, you know, that's obviously still a really big piece. You don't just, uh, you don't just completely I think we can lose those, those big pieces of ourselves, but they're still there. You know, we just kind of lose sight of how they're showing up. And so that's funnel them somewhere, right? It sounds like we funneled them somewhere else. And we, we kind of unintentionally tuck them away. And so, um, you know, that's obviously still a big piece of who I am today, but in this season, when you become a mom and when you become a mom of two, man, becoming a mom of two hit me like a ton Mm -hmm. of, there's so many things outside of your control, which when you're a control freak or a perfectionist, or, you know, this really like go, go, go driven person, it can either, you know, force you into overdrive where maybe you experience a lot of burnout or overwhelm or in frustration or the complete opposite, right? You can potentially become a version of yourself that you don't recognize because you're completely paralyzed by the start of anything because you feel like if it can't be perfect, then it can't be anything at all. And so that's definitely kind of the piece of my identity that I've really had to lean in on. Not only, you know, still allowing myself to be that person, but just really trying to figure out how to understand it on a deeper level so that I could be that person post motherhood. And I think that that was the part for me that was actually most difficult was to not feel like I actually had to ignore pieces of myself because I was a mother. And so, um, you know, when you talk about perfectionism or for me, it was very much of that, that career driven and and a different sense of the word. And I put a lot of pressure on myself when I first had a child, especially even after number two of being like, well, I have to almost do it all right. I have to maintain that same level of, you know, drive. And I also have to maintain my personal expectations for being a mother. And I think that that's where, honestly, like, you know, we talked about this a lot of my podcast. That's where I think where a lot of my postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety stem from was because of all of the layers I was trying to put on myself as in that identity. And I think I don't know about you, Mika and Beth, if this was the case for you, but I actually learned a lot about 
who I was pre-motherhood after <laughs> I had babies oh, and parts of my, and parts of myself that like, I really didn't realize I really valued. Whereas like, that was not really part of my psyche. Like that was, I guess, just something that I was innate that I didn't realize after having babies that's something I really needed. Was there something, anything for you guys that, that, that rang true on where like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even know this was a priority for me. Uh, yes. So I have a confession to make. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you, Chelsea have probably heard me say this a few times. So I actually feel like I have really struggled with this transition post motherhood, I think more so than I, I would have. Um, and you know, pre motherhood or pre motherhood, everything you guys said super resonated. You know, I didn't know if children, first of all, multiples was going to even be a thing for me. I, I delayed so much that I will tell both of you that my mother in my, in her wedding speech actually ended her speech with, but I don't even know if Mika will ever have babies. Okay. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that's like where it was, you know, driven. I thought I was going, I thought my purpose in life was to prove that minority young women could have a seat at the exec table and just blow away that three to 5% um, stat that's out there that, uh, you know, are actually of women, um, at the executive table. And I honestly, that's what I thought. I was like, God gave me gifts. I get the corporate world. I went to, I went to grad school for it. I was good at it. I was like on my way. And at the point where I saved and saved and saved, I, I fought my way into corporate. I was doing very well. Um, then I was like, all right, Yep. So now you fit in motherhood, had my first child and just realized how dichotomous my thought, I'm going to preface my thought of what I was supposed to do. And then also being a good mother was, um, and then I felt like I failed everywhere. I was guilty. I felt guilty yeah. when I was traveling for work, but then I was also guilty when I was with my daughter and I wasn't tending to the people who needed me and I'm doing quotation marks if you're watching or if you're listening to the podcast because nobody <laughs> actually yeah. needs you um, and uh, and to now. So I didn't I don't think I would have had another child, honestly, if it wasn't for COVID because I was just so nervous mm -hmm. about building everything. I can tell you it was just in the last three years that I had to redefine what I think my purpose was in life to be better accepting of my identity. Um, so one thing that Chelsea and I have been laughing about is you know, my identity, again, pre-motherhood was just very much type A uh, corporate mom, leadership, no nonsense. I even had an employee tell me she didn't even realize I ever even had kids was like, that was how far motherhood was away from that part of life. Two, I am a room mom. <laughs> and I told Chelsea, 
<laughs> she laughed when I told her. So, so and I, obviously, uh, I was able to funnel. We talk about funneling. I funneled my my business drive into our business, and you know, obviously, Rest of Mama Happy Baby is thriving. Mm-hmm. Thank the Lord. Um, but I did sign up to be a room mom, and I have never felt so uncomfortable in my life. I bet you are the most organized. <laughs> I bet you are the most. You're the best. Best. She called me and she was like, Chelsea, I did something. (laughs) I was like, And she was like, I am now a room parent. (laughs) So, but Mika, you're doing great. (laughs) You really are. And I think that I'm going to be honest with you guys about something. I honestly think I have just now started to find who my true identity really is separate of motherhood separate of being a wife, separate of even a career. I think I'm just now starting on the grips of finding that out. And so honestly, if you're listening, I I think that it really honestly is a a forever journey. Um, (laughs) I don't know if that's something that you even talk about. I'm sure you do Beth, like in working with your clients too, but like, and I think I had to be okay with that because I wasn't, I, 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 for so long, like, what is it? Who is it? Who's Chelsea? You know, what is this going to mean? And sometimes you just don't know yeah. and you, and you have to run with it. <laughs> or, you know, I resonate so deeply with this identity conversation. It's actually, believe it or not, I don't think this is something that we've talked about before. Now it's actually the very first lesson of the first module in my course that I teach, because it's so easy for us to feel like creating a new identity essentially is what is what we you know walk through in that first lesson because it's so easy for us to think or to actually want to create change in our life or you know to take action in certain areas but if we don't truly understand and if we're not setting goals and wanting to take action from a space that's rooted in a true identity it's not ever going to stick i want you to think about this for example i think this is a really common example I really want to wake up earlier in the morning, but I'm just not a morning person. Or I really want to lose weight, but I've always been overweight. Well, you're not going to show up like somebody who's a quote unquote morning person or like somebody who's, you know, not overweight. If you're, if your identity is rooted in those things, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's easy to say that, you know, we want something or, or, you know, fill in the blank. But those that kind of subconscious identity that we've rooted ourselves in that maybe doesn't really align with what we want, we have to really, you know, address that first and kind of going back to the whole, you know, the pressures that we feel as mothers. Gosh, I just, you know, I I have like this motto for my life that I feel like every year this motto kind of like surfaces unintentionally for me where, you know, I feel like I just have to grab a hold of it and just like cling to it for dear life specifically like I think about the past two years I have really challenging pregnancies I've had hyperemesis hyperemesis gravidarium with both of them so I'm super sick throughout my entire pregnancies and so when I was pregnant with my second all of last year this motto that kind of surfaced for me was just one percent better just be one percent better today than Mm -hmm. you were yesterday um you know and then after having him and kind of transitioning into becoming a mom of two I found myself really resonating with your, and this is, I, gosh, I preach this to almost every mama that I work with. Your best is good enough. Even if your best right now looks different than it did before. Hallelujah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Really hold on to that and believe that 
then this pressure that we feel to do it all and do it all well, right? Mm -hmm. We're able to kind of release ourselves from that. And for somebody who's, you know, pre-motherhood identity was rooted in kind of like what Mika was saying, like check the boxes, do the things you, you know, you like just a go-getter. When you're in a season of life where so much is out of your control, you really have to work on those kind of moving pieces of essentially your mindset and kind of your perspective and the lens at which you're kind of looking at things through, or you'll completely burn yourself out and feel overwhelmed and frustrated, or you will completely lose sight of who you who are. You are. Yeah. yeah. And with that, like when you're talking about like finding those deep rooted pieces of your identity that you really maybe aren't fully aware of, that's kind of really scary. Um, and to actually like come face to face with that. Right. And say like, oh gosh, that really is part of myself. But I think that that is so important because, you know, you're not going to get to that point and kind of reaching those personal goals with, without that journey. But even, you know, even just going through that, it's, it is really daunting. Um, and it is really scary to really be able to jump and make that leap to actually say that's who you are and also try to change it if that's something that you do want. I want to connect the dots here a little bit and get your perspective here, Beth. So there's so much great nuggets that I just want to put together that have been (laughs) discussed in the last few minutes around, you know, Chelsea validating that your journey is never over. We as I think women, I can only speak for women, I can't speak for men, Um, we feel the need to have or know definitives. And so we have to know that our identity is going to change, but maybe our traits don't always, and that's okay. And so we have to redefine them. That is ongoing. We have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Beth, you, you specifically mentioned about transforming those through your seasons And also being okay with letting go of old parts of your perceived identity, which I'm starting to realize maybe in this conversation, we're also misinterpreting what is our identity and what is our expectation Mm -hmm. or perceived identity. But in the process, right, we're talking about transformation. I know for me, when I talked about that stuff, it does feel like you have to let things go either traits or visions or expectations. And there is a grieving process mm-hmm. internally. What is your, what do you tell, what do you tell your clients about how to grieve the process of an identity, I guess, as you create a new one? Yeah. So, you know, I feel like when really thinking through grieving the loss of kind of, you know, what once was, whether that is, I think it's important to kind of think of this from the space of whether it's, I think of like my morning routine before I had kids or, you know, it's like a a behavior or pattern or an actual piece of you, right? You know, when you become a mom, so many pieces of your lives, your life change changes, right? And it, and oftentimes so many of them at once, and you kind of have to play catch up and it can feel like a complete whirlwind if you're not careful and it'll kind of pass you by. And then you'll find yourself sitting with like some regret, some guilt, some shame, et cetera. And one thing that I've learned is that we really have to focus on embracing the messy, imperfect action because it's still action, right? And that's something that a lot of us specifically as women have a hard time doing. And for me, a piece of forcing myself into action is actually paying attention to how 
I'm releasing those old routines and patterns and behaviors and expectations, not necessarily my identity, right? Which is something that we're talking about here. It's like, all right, the, you know, what we expect of ourselves or what we convince ourselves, we expect from ourselves based on what society expects from us. So not necessarily my identity, like I'm still me, I'm still Beth, but I have to show up differently or I'm not going to show up at all. Right. So mm-hmm. you know, I miss my old morning routine. I miss being able to really push myself to my limits in my workouts. I miss my old energy. I miss my, you know, never miss a day mentality. I miss getting a full night's sleep, which, you know, we can talk about um, yeah. yeah. the cool thing about this life. And I think this is a perspective, you know, switch that a lot of us really need to focus on making is that it gives us seasons. These seasons are going to ebb, ebb and flow. And obviously some, you know, are easier than others and some are really stinking hard, but every one of them has the ability to teach us something if we allow them to. And what I mean by that is, you know, instead of, I found myself actually a couple months ago, kind of wallowing in this pity party of like, gosh, I wish I could get back to waking up at 5am. Like it just wasn't feasible with toddler wake ups and like getting to bed later because I was having to stay up late to work and you know, sleep is important. And, and you know, all of these things, I found myself just like, gosh, I just miss it so, so deeply. Like I, if you know anything about me, you know, that morning routine is like, it's like my area. So instead of feeling that way, I had to force myself to really think through looking at it through a different lens, like my old routine doesn't serve me right now. So I can mourn Mm -hmm. the loss of it while I create a new one that meets me where I'm at with the same activities that have essentially grown me into who I am today. Right. Or, you know, in order to really push myself to my limits and my workouts again, I need to properly heal and recover from pregnancy and birth from the inside out. And it's okay that it feels slower or, you know, me missing my old energy, my new energy can be just as powerful as my old, if I believe that it is. And my, you know, my never miss a day mentality that kind of goes out the window when you have kids, because, you know, mom life, my new mentality allows for more flexibility and more grace, which I need, you know, right, right now in this season more than ever before. So it's really like working through How can we really look at some of these grievances through a different lens so that we can still incorporate them, whether it's a pattern, behavior, or a habit into our current season of life. And that's something that I love working with my clients on specifically in the confidence code is I I have them think of this as like a toolkit, right? And we we have these strategies and these resources and community because that's so important as moms that we are essentially adding into this toolkit so that the moment our season of life's changed, because let's be honest, and you know, we talk a lot about baby sleep here and 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 all of the things. We know that as soon as we get something figured out, something else is about to change. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That we're not just focused on, you know, where we're at right now, but kind of bigger picture. How are these strategies, tools, resources, and community? How is it going to be able to support me when I'm in the next season of life? So I can come back to it and really think like, okay, this isn't working anymore, but I don't want to feel this way. So how can I think about this in a way that's going to allow me to take action to move forward, you know, and kind of that confidence piece for me comes from you know, action breeds confidence in action. When we feel paralyzed or we feel like we're so overwhelmed that we can't do anything, that's just going to breed this vicious cycle of doubt and fear and insecurities and us convincing ourselves that we've completely, we don't even recognize ourselves anymore. So it's like, how can I show up 1% better today than yesterday to truly feel like my best, what I'm able to give right now is good enough. And, you know, breeding some of those differences in a productive way, I think is such a vital you know, piece of that. 
And I think that the way in which you're describing that, which by the way, Beth is just amazing because if you really have a different way of thought and a different, yes, mindset, but the way of that changing how you're internally talking to yourself through those different seasons really does help to bridge those gaps between what you feel like you're really wanting, kind of grieving part of your identity and then still being able to keep that part of yourself and really bridge those gaps between because that that I think is really what it allows us to sufficiently get to that next season and to continue to feel that confidence, right? As we are going through those seasons of motherhood. Now you talked a little bit about sleep, but how has sleep affected that, that I don't want to say loss, but, but affected that part of you as you are. Yeah. Journey. Yeah. Where does sleep sit in the journey of the transformation? And, um, and really like, what do you, what do you tell your, what are you hearing from your families, your moms that you're working with? I don't have to bring the little one in to join the combo. No, you're fine. (laughs) So, So what I have to say about this is sleep sits at the forefront, at the forefront. You know, if I'm, I like to really share my processes specifically on um, like my Instagram stories and stuff. And when I do that, when I'm, you know, getting up in the morning or when I'm working out with my kids, um, when I'm, when I'm navigating these different pieces of my routine that I feel like really have created a lot of power and change in my life. I cannot tell you the number of messages that I get on the daily where moms are like, okay, but what if the baby's not sleeping? And I'm like, then you have no business waking up at five o'clock, right? Like <laughs> that's, where, that's where it really comes back to having this toolkit to like, okay, even though this is how I'm wanting to show up, is it feasible right now? Does it serve me right now? You know, if you're up all hours of the night with a baby, then waking up at 5 a.m., unless you have to, of course, to, you know, work outside of the home or, or whatever, that doesn't serve you. So why are you putting pressure on yourself to get up at 5 a.m. just because I'm getting up at 5 a.m., that kind of a thing. And so, gosh, sleep is like, you know, sleep impacts literally everything, right? Like lack of sleep leads to exhaustion, leads to difficulty with coping, low self-esteem, feelings of worry and stress, which is exactly what we all need more of as mamas, right? <laughs> like we already <laughs> don't have enough of this or enough, you know, hormones doing the work of that for us. It's just a never ending vicious cycle. And so, you know, it, it, I have found like when I'm in seasons of not getting any sleep, like before this little guy was sleeping through the night, it just, it led to more anxious thoughts during the day, brain fog, mood swings, irritability. Like, so if we know that showing up for ourselves, in any capacity is the most important thing, in my opinion, to kind of bridging this gap in identity, then these side effects of no sleep are obviously not conducive to that. So it, it felt like, you know, for me anyways, like I was fighting this uphill battle. And that's what I tell, you know, any mama that sends me a message or an email and they're like, okay, like I really want to do, I really want to do this. You know, I want to, I want to show up and I want to, you know, make myself a priority and, and find myself again, but gosh, it feels impossible because the baby's not sleeping. And I'm like, well, then that's what we need to address first. To focus on. <laughs> yeah, because that really is the catalyst. I mean, we've talked about this too, for honestly helping you that first step to really helping you get back to where you really want to be. It really is, oh, I don't want to say impossible, but it is very difficult to get to that point if you are extremely sleep deprived. Yes, absolutely. And it, 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 
you know, as much as we talk about mindset, as much as we talk about, you know, strategies that you can do on the day to day, it just, it's really hard for you to get there mentally when there is that sleep deprivation. And that is absolutely okay to recognize and to also make a change if that's something that you're ready for as well. 100%. I I feel like there's a lot of parallels and and I kind of want you to dive in a little bit about what pieces are in your confidence code because I do feel like sometimes sleep is a mindset thing too, or I should say we always redefine what sleep training is because we do things so differently than, you know, the other programs that are out there, but it is a mindset thing to start. So where do you see some parallels? And I know we talked about this, Beth, um, in some of our previous conversations Mm -hmm. about how, I mean, we would like to have our families in a good mindset where they feel ready to actually implement changes. And that's got to be so similar to health and fitness, right? They have to be Mm -hmm. ready. They have to have the mindset to make those changes for themselves. But it, for some families or some moms feels like it's unattainable or something that's really hard. Like what would you, what's your advice at that point? Yeah. So my advice at that point is, you know, something that I work with a lot of my clients on is this idea of like a self-coaching model. And what this self-coaching model says is that our circumstances, things that are facts about our lives, right? Like things that we are not in control over. Um, Remember, there's a lot of those when you become a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, They essentially dictate our thoughts. And these thoughts that we have, they are what control our emotions or our feelings. And because we are human beings, um, biological human beings, we always take action from an emotional space, right? And then obviously that action or inaction that we are or are not taking determines our results or our outcomes. And so what I teach in my course is, you know, a lot of times it's just our, our thoughts that we need to change, right? Most things, most circumstances, a lot of them are completely out of our control. And so if we can't change our circumstances, how can we still get a different outcome, right? I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with, specifically in the health and fitness space because of that mindset piece. The cool thing about this though, and with sleep is like, there's a circumstance that you can control. (laughs) (laughs) You could potentially be getting more sleep. And I think just understanding the correlation, you know, between what we can control and what we can't, you know, we, we, we so oftentimes get focused on the action piece, right? What should I show up and be doing? What workout should I be doing? How should I, what should I be eating? How much water should I, you know, be drinking? I'm sorry, you guys. No, it's <laughs> Don't fine. even yeah. be sorry. Yeah. Yeah. sorry. <laughs> the, the things that you can't control. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we get so focused on the action piece that we lose sight of, you know, we, it almost, we, we try to guilt ourselves into taking action, you know, like, oh, there's a Monday coming up. Yes, like, yes, yes. Yeah. Or there's a new month or there's a new year. And so it's just like, you know, we, we guilt or shame ourselves into just like just showing up and doing it. And really there's probably a deeper rooted issue there. And so I just feel like really understanding, you know, that self-coaching model and, and knowing the pieces of what it is that you can control like your thoughts, understanding that it's causing you to feel a certain way that then forcing you to show up or not. If you're, you know, if your baby's not sleeping through the night and you're really struggling with like making that commitment to creating some change around it, you know, maybe think through what result it is that you're wanting. Are you wanting to wake up a little bit earlier? Are you 
wanting to not survive on a couple hours of sleep every night. And if that's the result that you want, then how can you kind of reverse engineer that process to get a different outcome? And gosh, the beautiful thing about baby sleep is that there is, there's a solution out there, you know, that can help you with that circumstance. And it's not just fully reliant on, you know, changing your thoughts about something. If that makes, does that make any sense? Yes, it makes it makes a hundred percent sense. Um, and I just want to say thank you because that piece that you were saying about how we all almost like guilt ourselves into you know feeling like you need to make that change. You know, that's something that we talk a lot about about with potential clients actually. That like you know at the end of the day, like th- these are your goals for your family, and when you are ready, it is not something to be pressured into. That it really is a family and a personal decision of when or how or if you need to make a a change regarding your child and your family's sleep. And that's okay. You know, we had um, a client, um, I guess it was a couple of months ago, and, and we were talking with them and she didn't really feel like there was really needing to be made a change, but then she's hearing from neighbors and friends that her child's sleep looked different than her child's sleep. And she's like, well, maybe I do, maybe I should be feeling like this is more of an issue than, you know, what she initially was feeling like within her family dynamic. And then that's when we just have to take a step back and saying, well, well, not necessarily like, you know, really to go back to what you were saying, Beth, about what you are wanting to accomplish and where you are wanting to go. And that where you should root it in, not necessarily those, that external guilt, right. That we, that we get from others. And, and, you know, we're, we're all such a connected society at this point. And so it can be hard to come at it from a different angle. Right. And yeah. vision is a big part of it too, because, you know, especially this group here, you know, of go-getter women and what you had before, motherhood, we are kind of taught to think long-term and visualize everything as a like ongoing routine that is unchanging. And one thing that I have learned trying to get back in shape post-motherhood, you know, or even taking the first step to um, with my first child six years ago, sleep training is I also can't think of all of the horrible things that could possibly happen that are way off all the way down the road. And then thinking about what I'm doing now, a hundred times, a hundred days and feeling like it's unsustainable. I think part of that is realizing like you take your first step and that first step is that first step for that first phase. And things are probably going to be different. So, I mean, sometimes taking your first step for health, even though you want it, maybe that mindset is there and you just think, oh my gosh, it's so hard. Or taking that first step for sleep training, Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh my gosh, my child is going to cry for hours and weeks. And we're like, that doesn't even happen. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, what, what would the confidence code say about that guilt? What the confidence code would say about that guilt. And this is like one of my This is like one of my, you know, those things that you just light up talking about. And it's actually, I have a free webinar that that I can give you guys the link to, to share where I actually walk you through how to break free from that, because that guilt comes from looking left and looking right. Like exactly what you were saying. You just worked with one of your clients about with saying, you know, like she wasn't sure if she was ready, but the neighbor was saying, if we are constantly looking left and right, and we don't stay rooted and truly understanding, it's like a self-awareness and self-accountability piece, right? We have to self-assess and become self-aware of what 
it is that we actually want. And that's a, that's a process, right? Like none of this is easy work. This is, this is lifelong work. Um, you know, we talked about transitioning seasons and kind of constantly having to be able to come back and check ourselves, but we have to truly be able to recognize what it is that we want and put our blinders onto the rest easier said than done. But I truly do feel like, and believe like that is the key in us truly being able to show up in our own lives, whether it's with baby sleep or a health and fitness journey in a way that aligns with, you know, what's truly going to make us happy. Because if, you know, something that I kind of recognized along this journey on my own. Okay. What was I saying? I lost my train of thought. So one thing that you kind of focus on the, the removal or letting go of that guilt, looking left and looking right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and those are the things that kind of impact our ability to move forward and just make that first, first step. Yes. If we, if we, if so, something that I've realized on my journey, this is where I was going with this story time, something that I've learned on this journey, pre-motherhood and, and like, really, you know, Chelsea, you mentioned that, like, you feel like you're just now kind of stepping into recognizing like what your purpose is or what your identity is. And Mika, you were talking about that too. But something that I've kind of realized on this journey is that, you know, I, so much of my life, gosh, the first 28 years of my life was spent checking the boxes for other people. And it's not something that I was ever cognizant of until I decided that I really wanted to start helping as many women as possible on their kind of life journeys, this sort of transformative journey. And I knew that the only way for me to reach as many people as possible was by starting an online business and truly sharing this journey and this process publicly. That terrified me because Mm -hmm. fear of judgment, right? Like I, what are people going to think about me? And in order to truly show up as my authentic self to create the impact that I so desperately wanted to create, I had to force myself through that fear, right? Like I had to really break free from caring about what anybody thought about me, including close friends and family members who, you know, were going to judge me, who I felt like were going to judge me at every point of my journey. Even when I decided to leave the corporate world, this, this career that I had worked so hard to build three quarters of the way through a PhD program that aligned with this career. Like, what are they going to think about me when I decide to just, you know, quote unquote, throw it all away and, and start yeah. doing else that a lot of people don't really understand and kind of forcing myself through that action. And I say forcing myself in the space of, you know, growing through it, growing through the action that it took to help me overcome that is what allowed me to realize that I didn't want any of that stuff to begin with, right? Like Mm -hmm. who wants to go to school for 12 years? I don't know. (laughs) Some people do, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't truly like what my heart knew. And what I truly felt like aligned with what I wanted out of my life, but it felt like what I was supposed to do so that other people would be proud of me. And so even though that seems totally disconnected from this, it's really not because so much of who I was and so much of my identity was rooted in showing up in a way that was going to make other people proud of me and not for my true self. And so it really is the beautiful thing. I think that that's the perfect testimony to like why this work is so important and how it really helps us make decisions for ourselves and for our families that do align with what it is that we want. And to me, that is the key for, I always say like consistency and longevity win every single time in every area of our life. The longevity piece is hard, right? Like we Mm -hmm. have to be consistent for long enough to truly see, you know, to reap the fruits of our labor, to see our hard work paying off in any capacity. We have to stay consistent for long enough. And 
man, like that's how you do it. You get in total alignment with what you want and you start making decisions based off what you want and what's best for your family without looking left and without looking right. And without feeling like either other people are going to judge you or like you need approval from others. And I think that's totally relevant in the sleep space because everybody has something to say about it, right? Mom, mom, cousin, the neighbor, you're you're always probably going to be doing it wrong, right? Because they probably did it a little bit differently. And so like just really stepping into your power and owning like, no, like Mm -hmm. this is what's best for me. And this is what's best for my family. I think that's pivotal. I think that's really powerful because honestly with you, Beth, I think that that is a lesson that I've really honestly just learned in the last year about how I don't think I realized of how much of a people pleaser I actually was. And it wasn't until honestly, Mika, <laughs> that we started Rested Mama Happy. She's laughing at me. So where we started Rested Mama Happy Baby, where I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not think that that was a part of who I was, but it is. And it was, and it is something that I... I I am constantly working towards to kind of, kind of get past and to continue to honestly be comfortable with every single one of my decisions that do feel right for me or do feel right for my family. And I, it does get easier. And I will say that I'm definitely better about it now than I was six months ago <laughs> um, than I am today. But that was actually one part of myself that really realizing of recent. And that has actually really helped me to become more confident in my identity actually as mother now, um, compared to when I first was a mom, you know, when I first had my daughter eight years ago. So absolutely, absolutely. So one of the things that we do, Beth, we've kind of talked about this here within Rest and Mama Happy Baby and Rest and Mama, Rest and Mama's Talk, excuse me, is we like to give our listeners specific actionable tips. Leave you guys with three things to do after listening to this awesome podcast. And so since today we're really talking about that transformation between pre-motherhood and motherhood identity, it'd be great, Beth, if you could share three things that you could give our listeners to walk away with today. So what would those three things be? Only three. Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. Tip number one would be take small action. Just focus on, I think this is really help, uh, really powerful. So if you're, if you're listening, get out a pen and write this down or make a note in the note section of your phone. Focus on the habit of showing up. That's it. Just focus on the habit of showing up. Take small action. And, and here's the cool thing about this. You really get to decide what that looks like, right? So just focus on the habit of showing up. Small action. Don't feel like you have to create all of these changes at one time. Second tip would be to truly believe and recognize that mom guilt is a feeling. Think through that self-coaching model that I briefly mentioned. Because it is a feeling, because mom guilt is a feeling, you can release it. You can create a different feeling based on the thoughts that you're choosing to associate to whatever it is that you're doing. And I think that when you really understand the correlation between good sleep for you and your baby and your mental health, then it feels like a no brainer to flip the switch. And I'm using obviously baby sleep as an example, but with anything in your life, like when you can attach those correlations to each other and kind of connect the dots, you'll truly be able to kind of take back your power and how much you can control. And then my third tip is my unintentional surfacing motto of this year of your best (laughs) is good enough. Always, always. And I think if you, if you can, 
like even just close your eyes for a minute and think, okay, if I truly believe that my best today, how I showed up was good enough, how do you think that would force you to show up tomorrow on fire, right? Instead of going to bed feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so drained, depleted, exhausted. I was go, go, go all day today. Whether you work, work outside the home, from the home, you stay home with kids, but nothing feels like it got done. Well, then when your alarm goes off tomorrow morning, you're probably going to become like the snooze queen. I used to be the snooze queen. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to want to get out of bed because as soon as that sound, you hear the sound of your alarm, your brain is going to immediately go to all of the things that you need to do that day that you're probably not going to get done. And then you do it over and over and over and your life literally passes you by. So focus on truly believing that your best is good enough, even if it looks different than it did before. Can I just add one thing to that actually? Because Chelsea, you ended on a comment similar. That just ended on a comment. And actually, you just made me have a Eureka moment because I actually had a bad moment yesterday. I have a lot of bad moments, but (laughs) so it, you know, it's, it's, hectic obviously when you have two kids three kids it's hectic when you have one kid but um you know Chelsea and I even in this phase of our life have grown with each other and we both are similar in a lot of ways but we're also very different in a lot of ways and when you think about your best is good enough I think making sure that you surround yourself with the right people who are going to help you with that mindset And also help you look out for you is really important, right? Like if you have non-judgmental friends who are like, "Uh, yeah, your mental health and yeah, your health is important. Uh, You know, you're not going to screw up your kid or no, you're not going to screw up being a wife or, you know, having that in a coworker or a business partner. And for me yesterday, it was my husband. I will tell you, I had a boo-boo yesterday, messed up a schedule, dropped off my kid a little too early for dance, got a phone call from the dance studio to let me know that. Um, After a hectic day, I called my husband and I was like, well, I screwed up today. Like I immediately was like, today was a mess. I screwed up today. And he was like, you are doing amazing. And I was like, you know what? All this together, you do need that. Um, and it's okay to look left and right as long as they're looking forward for you. Mm, I love that, Mika. Yeah, I love that. Um, Beth, I want to say thank you so, so much. This has honestly been eye-opening for me personally too, just as we're talking through these things. So I can't thank you enough for your time today. And obviously my BFF Mika, (laughs) of course, (laughs) thank you every day. Um, But if our listeners are really wanting to get in contact with you or to kind of talk about more about your confidence code program, where is the best way that they can do that? Yeah. So, um, definitely follow me on Instagram. I am Beth Isbell. It's I S B E L L. I know it's a strange last name. (laughs) I went from like the most simple maiden name to the most, every time I say my, my married last name, I have to spell it out, but I am Beth Isbell on Instagram. I share lots of incredible free resources there. And then also my website, I am Beth Isbell.com. You'll see a pop-up. I have a free webinar that you can register for to learn a little bit more about some of these strategies info on the confidence code and everything you can need. And my emails attached to all of that stuff as well. Yeah. And um, to all of you, we follow Beth, obviously on Instagram too. So if you do follow us at Rest Mama, Happy Baby, feel free to look into the accounts that we do follow and you can find her that way too. Um, Sometimes I know that that is a little bit easier as well. So ladies, thank you so much for the day. I hope that you guys have great nights and we will talk very soon. Stay rested. rested. (laughs) Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Rested Mamas Talk. To stay connected and get more sleep tips from us, follow us on our Instagram page at rested underscore mama underscore happy underscore baby. To find out how we're helping families around the world get better sleep, check out our website, restedmamahappybaby.com or chat with us directly to learn more about our programs. Chat with you next time.